listening to the Heart Podcast with Harpreet Pandey. Tusi sun rahe ho Heart Podcast Harpreet Pandey de naal. You tuned into the Heart Podcast pyar pari satkar pari sat sri kal saryan nu mera naam hai Das Harpreet Singh Pandey. Mere naal hai Jagraj Singh Lali we got a good program for you today we got our Vadavir hang uh, hailing out from Mission BC he's a MMA legend Punjabi bhra sada Kultar Singh Mamba Gill how are you Kultar Singh thank you everybody thank you for listening in and uh in this podcast thank you Harpreet for bringing me here Mr Jagraj thank you yourself too I'm doing great just uh, finished the gym finished teaching class and uh, getting ready for a big event in about uh, 10 to 12 days next Friday September 29th all right so let's just get into that right away then uh this is the 13th card that you've put on in uh in the last little bit uh who's on the card and uh, what's going down for this one yeah cards good bus dabbing with elaine tera so it's going to be great it's a great number lucky number um it's going to be a great event uh, it's a langley event center so we uh so we brought the big boys in the first of all we're doing the old school k1 tournament where four men enter and one guy leaves victorious out of, out of the four guys winning a total of $5000 at the end so that's going to be huge and we are like Phil Ingram he fought in our Surrey card as well. Won by knockout, so he's a fan favorite. Then you got Ali from Iran, and he has over 70, 80 fights. We got a few guys from America coming coming down, uh, like Mr. Kuchlo. Kuchlong, sorry, Kuchlong. Kuchlong has like 12, 13 fights as well. So it's going to be be a great, great card. And then we're bringing out the heavy hitter, Mr. Benit Singh Bisla from Bisla Martial Arts Surrey. This was the first Punjabi fighter to fight at Madison Square Garden just about a couple of months ago. So we'll be headlining the card as an eight-round boxing uh, from a guy from um, Mexico, Mexico City. I forgot the guy's name. I think it's Brian something. Can't really say his last name. I don't know. Um, and then we have Mr. Jag Buller, right, from Buller Wrestling Club, uh, legendary wrestlers. Uh, his brother, RJ Buller, went to UFC, now is 1FC. So he, he he's uh, defending his uh, Mamba title. Uh, we have guys like Asso, who's a national wrestling champion, Amir, another Iranian guy, uh, half owner of Lions MMA Vancouver, Austin Batra. And the beauty, the beauty is going to be Sonia Blade versus Ashley Watkins. These girls have a chip on their shoulders. They don't like each other. They fought each other uh, November 4th in uh, Aliyah Banquet Hall, where, where Sonia was a victor in a kickboxing match. So this time they're doing an MMA event uh, match. So ground and pound. It's continuously going, going, going non- nonstop. Arjun Buller is fighting a guy named Brian Crow, six foot five, you know, all star athlete. It's gonna be just gonna be a crazy, crazy show. How many girls are fighting on this card? Uh, this this, card, this time we're gonna have one girl fight and it's, it's action packed fight, Sonia versus Ashley. Okay, and then we got Harkir Niger, uh, you know, one of the national champions here from Avisla's two. He's turning pro. That's gonna be just well, great. Uh, but then the best is our uh, YouTuber, Mr. Only Rans. Converser Rundawa, he's hilarious. So he's just he just wants to fight and just uh, just try try his best. But that's a funny fight. Okay, tell tell me about this guy. I I've seen him on uh, uh, social oh, media. He's got a podcast. So how how did this come about? How is he training strictly just for this fight? And how did you find a opponent for him? Yeah, so so only runs. Uh, so basically, you no, know, our fight night uh, we, we was giving a platform for fighters to grow. To grow to get the bigger shows, we we want to be a small regional show to get a platform. So if anybody wants to test their skills and, and just want to do something for in life, um, so we gave him a platform. So uh, only runs. He apparently he was my fan when I was fighting in India. 
So I met him, but I actually was his fan as well because I, I like watching his video. I think his videos are hilarious. Uh, so when I launched the Langley Event Center fight, he called me right away. He goes, I want to fight. He goes, this is my bucket list. I want to fight. Like, no problem. Uh, so we got a guy named Rizwan. Um, he's a 210-pound, too strong guy. Uh, so they'll be, they'll be going at it. And these fights are all sanctioned by the BC Athletic Commission, a government body. So all fights have to be fair and equal. So uh, Rizwan, like a zero and two, right, to MMA record. Now he's going to kickboxing. And only Rands is a zero and zero. So it's a pretty fair fight. And uh, and hopefully uh, it's very entertaining for the crowd. So so have you uh, been training or only Rands? No, no, I haven't haven't been training. I haven't, I haven't been training anybody right now. Just okay. been busy with our fight cards and our other other businesses. Uh, but only Rands has been training uh, under Vadi uh, Bisla in the Bisla at uh, in Surrey. Okay. And then all, and uh, Rizwan is training under uh, uh, Alistair Batra with Bats Fitness. All right. So I guess uh, you, you do you, you do you have anyone that you've I, I guess you've trained Austin in the past and you've trained others, but nobody that you're uh, currently training that's on the card. Yeah, yeah, no, they, 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 no, we, I, I, they come from our gym too. Like our, our Joe's from our gym. He's a national wrestling champion. He's gonna be great. Um, Ashley, he's from our gym. It just this year, it just committed two fight cards in back to back. One in Kamloops about seven weeks ago, and one now. I just just trying to promote the show as much as I can, and I don't have much time to train my guys. But we do have a, a pedigree of coaches. I'm about I'm about MMA with uh, Jeff who fought in like Thailand. He does our kickboxing boxing program. Ashley teaches. And he have Devlin, a brown belt jiu-jitsu guy. He comes in. Then we have Bryce Grijon. Bryce is like a 10 pro fights and one of the best fighters in Canada. So we have a good, strong, strong coaching staff at our gym. All right. And uh, how are uh, ticket sales going for this event? Yeah, tickets are good. Uh, they're a little bit slow this year. Uh, just because we got hit by a long weekend, uh, September 29th. And I didn't realize uh, a lot of people like getting married end of September. So mm -hmm. I got three of my personal close friends that are all getting married on September 29th. So reception party September 29th. So a Mamba Hockey League, we have a hockey team as well. So one of their captains getting married. And my a couple of buddies in Abbas are there getting married the same day. And one of my buddies from uh, Michigan, they're getting married. So it's going to be a little bit slow. Uh, ticket sales are about, I don't know, 1,300 people right now. And okay. I, I'm looking looking to uh, probably 2,000 to 2,400 people for this show. So that's a good solid number. And plus, it's a long weekend. First Truth and Reconciliation Day uh, for our Indigenous uh, friends and brothers. So, so that we got hit strong with that. But we hit, we did invite like a chief, uh, a chief, couple of chiefs uh, local here, and like uh, sorry Henry, and so he will be doing a ceremony before the fights as well. Oh, that's awesome! That's great to hear. So, uh, where where can uh, people get these tickets from? Yeah, yeah, you could get, you could get them at the Langley Event Center. Just go to grab them or showpass.com. You grab them there or you can just give me a shout and uh, I can direct you. And if you need some tables or something, because we have like a hundred tables that we do uh, on the floor, eight seats, and then we bring dinner out too. It's like a Las Vegas type, type of show. So the music is playing, food's coming to your tables, drinks are coming to your tables, right? And people are watching. It's, it's a, lot of a lot of business networking. So we get about a hundred business sponsors usually we get. And then we get general stands tickets. And uh, it's a good, it's, it's, all, it's all, all ages event as well. So it's just all, it's not 19 and up. It's all ages and uh, a lot of businesses support us. No, I definitely uh, urge everybody who's listening to go check it out if uh, they're free that that weekend. Uh, I had the privilege to watch your last fight. That was in 2019, uh, Kaltar. That was your, uh, you said it after in a post-fight interview too, that that's it. That's my last fight. And uh, I, I think one of the reasons you did that was uh, so your kids would watch it. Uh, is that right? Tell me about uh, that yeah. last fight. 
Yeah, yeah. So I've been fighting since I was 12 years old. I'm 44 now. Uh, so like I started like a small show here in Abbotsford and I made it big. Like I had a UFC contract, uh, uh, which I didn't take. I took, I put a part in K1 in Japan instead, fought in Hollywood, right? Fought in Russia, fought for Vladimir Putin guys. So I had a great, great career. So when you launched this fight night, uh, it was it was for our students that uh, wanted to showcase ability from their families. But then uh, it was my 40th birthday party. And then my kids at that time were like five and 11. And they never seen me fight alive. And a lot of people around me, my students or my friends, I haven't fought in Abbotsford since I was 16 years old. When I was 40, so that's like 24 years. Nobody saw my family to see me fight live. So I came out of retirement and also with a 40th birthday party, invited all my friends, about 4,000 people showed up. And uh, yeah, so I fought uh, Vladimir Putin's guy. Uh, his name was Anthony Ruiz. And uh, luckily, I did win in the first round. But the fight was not for, for me to win or lose at that. I of course, I, I wanted to win, but that wasn't the deal. The whole thing was I want to watch my son to watch me fight. I wanted my daughter to watch me fight. And I wanted all the community members that to respect us and care about us uh, to watch. And uh, and hopefully one day they can uh, send their kids like this to me. You know, they could, they could put her at gym, they could fight, and then uh, they could be a role model for the community. Definitely. And uh, you were one of those role models, my uh, my big bro. Uh, that was at the that was at the Abbey... Uh... Abbotsford Center, and I remember you walked into Kaldeep Manik Saab, the song, Tere Tille Toye Usoot Di Di Ahirdi. How do you pick that song as your fight song? Uh, that be, because I'm old school guy. Even even when I was fighting in Japan, Russia, and India, I always come out to Punjabi songs, the Kurta Pajama or Chadra on always. I love representing my my culture, right? I've always been like that. Even high school, I was sometimes, I wouldn't wear, I like, I'd wear Kurta Pajama to school. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't even be a special day. I just like, I like rapping my culture all the time. And what a beautiful song. It's an iconic song. Uh, everybody knows it. It's old school song. And uh, yeah, so that's why we came through it. So uh, just talking about your event that's upcoming here, uh, for those that can't make it there, will there be a way to, for them to watch the event online? Yes, of course. Yeah, so we're, we're going to be streaming it live from Fight dot tv f-i-t-e dot tv um it's it's a streaming website um so it's 24 dollars or 25 dollars it's something like that and people can watch it all over there but being 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 live in person is a way better feeling uh to watch an event but some people are like out of town or like from london or india different countries so they can watch it uh, at fight.tv have you assembled a broadcast crew yet? Uh, ring announcing a whole broadcast team yet? Yeah, yeah, we have to have a, a broadcast team. I just like, like we say, this fight, this fight is sanctioned by BT Athletic Commission, so everything has to be proper. So all blood work, Hep C, HIV, uh, physicals, eye exam, you know, everything has to be done for a fighter. If you're over 35, you have to do a treadmill test for your heart. Make sure your heart works properly. Um, so here we have security. We have two doctors. We have ambulances. We have paramedics. We have. Everybody, anybody's anybody for a show will be there. Uh, so our broadcasting team will be Underground Promotions. The guy's name is George, and he's doing us a favor too. He's helping out a lot. So we'll have like six, six or seven cameras around the stadium. We'll have some uh, guys there that will be uh, commentating, like uh, Dijon and Tristan. Tristan from the UFC as well. Dijon is a decorated fighter here in Canada. Very good guy. So they'll be the broad, they'll be doing the broadcasting. Uh, the commentator will be. Uh, Tal Gill, uh, a local guy here. So we like to support local as much as we can. So a local guy here, he'll be doing the announcing. I think Harpreet, uh, Mr. He did a, he did a, a one day announcing for us too. Mamba Night Four, Mamba Night Four, Mamba Night Four. Yeah. So it's like you know we give everybody a chance, right? Like everybody come out, and if you want, if we, if we can help you in anything, we Mamba Fight Night or Mamba Gym, we help we help the community a lot. 
No, that's definitely something that uh, people should live by, you know, go big or go home. If you're putting on such a big event, why not go big, pull out all the stops, right? And uh, I like what you just said, especially you like to help everyone because at Mamba Fight League, you don't just develop the fighters, but you develop everyone around it, whether it's an up and coming cameraman, up and coming broadcast crew, yeah. you want to make sure that everyone gets that sort of development. I just want to take a chance now to talk a bit about your career. So your nickname is Mamba. How did you come up with the nickname and what does it mean to you? Yeah, so Mamba, Mamba I didn't choose Mamba. So when I was fighting here locally, uh, you know, I was number like six in the world. I was 19 years old. And uh, so uh, after kickboxing, I switched to MMA and, and became a very rising star very quick. Uh, so then there was a tournament, a, a K1 tournament. A lot of people don't know what K1 is. It was one of the biggest fight promotions in the world uh, in the 90s and 2000s, right? Um, so they had a, a, sele a selection process. About 280 athletes came to Las Vegas. And last minute, my manager like, you should go too. I'm like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go, I'll go home and fight because I, like, I like fighting. So from there, I fought like nine guys in one night. Uh, wow. I fought one guy. Yeah. One day, sorry, one day. And wow. it wasn't it was like five minute round. It wasn't half fifteen. But it was like uh three minute, two rounds, three, two, three. I kept fighting, 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 and I enjoy fighting, right? Uh, so I I I was selected first out of everybody, right? Like Cabo Shoney was there, Chuck Congo was there. There was a lot of a lot of heavy duty names that time were there, right? So wow. they're like, uh, oh, so what's your name? I'm like Kotar Singh Gill. <laughs> like I want to change your name. I'm like all right, whatever, do what you gotta do. So they like, oh, let me think. So a week uh, like a week or two later, they call me. They go, you'll, you'll be you'll be known as a black mamba from now on. I'm like all right, well, like what is the? Because before I should be called Colter Chopsticks, right? Because mm -hmm. I was six foot one hundred forty pounds. I used to fight at when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they yeah, so then uh, so then they, so they said you're black mamba. I didn't know what black mamba was. So then I googled it. You know, went through the list. Oh, this is a very dangerous snake and very long and sleek and 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 acts fast and quick reflexes. I'm like this this. Uh, this portrays me like a T. So yeah, so from there, I became the Black Mamba. Must have been an honor to share that uh, name now with the late, great Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace to him. But um, yeah, what inspired you to pursue a career in combat sports, particularly in MMA? Uh, before, I always wanted to be a ninja when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, so ninja movies. So I'm like, all right, so I want to be a ninja. So the one time, there used to be a Rogers uh, TV network. And that network was playing on Channel 4. It played all, all across Lower Mainland. And I saw these guys, and this guy, especially a guy named Jazz Dillon, a world world kickboxing champion, the Canadian boxing champion. Just a, just a great, great man, a great athlete. I saw him fighting. I'm like, I want to be like this too. So I found out the gym was. It was I was sort of Muay Thai gym. Uh, we, it was a yellow pages back in the day. Right? There was no 411. There was nothing. So I went to the pages, found it, found the address, and we started fighting. And I fought, I fought after three months of training. I fought a ninja in Seattle. Right. So he's a ninjutsu practitioner. So I knocked him out in the first round. And from there I launched and at 16 I went pro. Who are some of your role models or fighters you looked up to in the MMA world as you were rising in your career? That's yeah, so what MMA UFC started when I was like 15 years old. So I didn't know what, what, what that was. So I used to kickbox. So I fought, so I'm a first UFC at like 15 or 16 years old and I was in love with it. But there were no jujitsu clubs here. There's no nothing here. So I waited till I was like 21. So after 19, I stopped fighting for a bit, took care of my family, family stuff. And then at 21, I started back. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do MMA now. So then I found uh, Gibson's Pancration, Gibson's MMA in uh, Port Moody, and they still have it. Uh, their son also fought for us, Mambo Fight Night 4, and he made it to Bellator, a very big organization. Uh, yeah, so then I started there and asked after training with Mr. Gibson a month or two months, something like that, and I have a first MMA fight. And I fought somebody, I forgot his name is, and I choked him out in the first round. And then from there, I launched. I launched heavy. 
Yeah, then uh, like the, the UFC came knocking. They're like, oh, you won't fight Diego Sanchez. I'm like, I'll fight, fight Diego. I don't care. But they're only offering like 2500 bucks, like very cheap prices. And, but UFC wasn't big that time. And then they offered me to go to the Ultimate Fighter show. Right. But then I couldn't leave, leave my family for two months and be on the show. So I'm like, no, I'll just thank you. And the K1, at the same time, the K1 and Pride, they all knocked at the same, same time. Right. So then I just went to, after winning the tournament in K1, I just went to K1 instead. What was your most memorable moment in your career as a fighter? My most memorable is, is, is the best, my last fight. All my family, my friends were there, my kids were there, my missus were there, uh, all my cousins were there, you know. And uh, people flew out from Japan, people flew out from like London, people flew out from America, across, Toronto, across Canada. So a lot, a lot of people, good, good close friends came down and fought. And then the part, let's just put it, the party didn't end for two months afterwards. We kept on going. MMA has obviously changed so much as a sport. We see many different styles nowadays. Sambo wrestling, obviously, guys, current guys like Islam Makhachev, the UFC lightweight champion, has such a different, yeah. unique style. What's just your overall thoughts on how MMA has changed from when you first started fighting? Uh, because now, now, now you have the power of the internet. So anybody, if there's there's a move, everybody watches it, every sees it, everybody shares it. So now, just to learn. Before, say, we wanted to learn, we had to go to fly to Brazil, say, fly to Japan to learn. I still fly to Russia to learn, learn Sambo. Now, people just learn on the internet. And now, everybody wants to be MMA fighters. Now, gyms are popping up everywhere. The kickboxing gyms, MMA gyms, jiu-jitsu gyms. So, now you have a now you have a, uh, you have a coach in, in jiu-jitsu. You have a coach in MMA. You have a coach in, uh, in kickboxing, a coach in boxing, a coach in wrestling. You have five different coaches you train with. So, you can really excel and, and really showcase your talent. Where when we were younger, we had maybe one kickboxing coach and when a local wrestler that you wrestled with, then you, you do the best you could to fight. Or you had a jiu-jitsu guy and you drove two hours to a boxing gym. Now each city has like eight, eight nine gyms that teach everything. So, which is very, very good. And that's why the sport is uh, uh, blowing up so fast because so many gyms and everybody wants to fight. Before any athlete prepares to, you know, pursue their craft or before they go out on the stage for a big show, how would you say you prepared yourself for a fight both mentally and physically? Oh, me mentally, I'm very strong. I don't break. I haven't broken ever. Uh, but the, what I usually did, I did a lot of muscular endurance, a lot of climbing rope, like say straight Punjabi style wrestling, a lot of climbing rope, a lot of uh, running running hills, a lot of sprints. I right? didn't jog too much. But a lot, a lot of like, uh, like meat and potatoes type of training, like a lot of deadlift, a lot of, I didn't squat much, a lot of deadlifts, a lot of chin-ups, a lot of push-ups. And plus the rest of the training too. I thought it, because if, if you, no matter how good a fighter you are, if you have no conditioning, second, third, fourth round, you will lose to, uh, to an amateur. And outside of fighting, what hobbies or interests do you have now that you're passionate about? Oh, yeah, I got, I got a lot of work, so I try to spend a lot of time with my kids. I started my own security company, Mamba Security. Also, I work in the prison have that gym and my construction company. So that always keeps me very, very busy. Now the fight promotion keeps me very busy. I, I, but I do, I do enjoy the outdoors, especially summer. We'll try to hit a lake every, every week, try to go cliff jumping or, you know, like, so we'll pick a lake on, the, on Google it near, near, near us, like hundred, within hundred kilometers. So me and my son kind of do a lot of that. Uh, the winter time comes around. We like to do a lot of ATVs and going to farms and uh, just chilling. 
I wanted to touch a bit on your fight before the Ruiz fight. You fought at Super Fight League 4 in October 2012, where you defeated Waman by TKO in the first round. What happened yes, after that year. fight? What caused your hiatus of seven years? Oh, because the thing is, uh, like, why why I retired after the fight? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was 30, 33 years old. I had to start focusing on like the fight game, any sports, you don't make that much money. It's just what you want to do is you're passionate about. So then it was time, like, you know, to hang up the gloves and start uh oh, running a business and uh try to make ends meet for your family. Um so as any any fighter, if you if you stay in a sport for so long, yeah, that's great. You you you're making like a couple hundred thousand here or whatever. But if you don't have a foundation or a backup plan, you wither away really fast. So I've seen a lot of these fighters around me. Uh, even when I was 12, 13 years old, 20-year-old world champions, 25-year-olds. By the time they're 30, 35, they were broke, they were divorced, and just living in a basement suite somewhere. And uh, so I'm like, okay, my career is done. Because I know I could always make money, always do business at 50, 67 years old. But I can never be a world champion at that age. right? So I'm like, at the first little bit of my life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give it my all and become the best. And then I'll start my career. And uh, so this really, that's how my security company, my construction company, and uh, a couple other things I do on the side. Combat sports is slowly becoming more and more popular. We see in Surrey schools now, they have Kabaddi as an official sport where they are making Kabaddi teams in high schools as well. And besides that besides that fact, we also have guys in MMA like Gurdashan Singh Mangat or Arjun Pullar. What advice would you give to aspiring Punjabi fighters who want to follow in your footsteps? Yeah, just put your head down, train every day, and listen to your coach. That That is definitely great advice. I uh, wanted to head back to this upcoming event that you had here. Um, what inspired you to transition from becoming a fighter to becoming a promoter and starting Mamba Fight League? Obviously, you said you had retired because it was time to focus on other aspirations, but how did Mamba Fight League begin? Oh, like that, this is how the Mamba MMA gym became the became uh began the same way. So I was retired from K1. I was just doing my thing, and but there was a lot of uh youth in Abbotsford that needed some guidance. Uh, so the community asked me to open up a gym, like you know, the gym helped you out, Coulter. You know, brought you in the right path, and you should do that same thing. So, so the, the community like uh, so could deal Mid Valley Insurance, uh, Lux Farms, a couple other guys, you know, mill guys, you know, Canax, Canax, sorry. So they all gave gave me the supplies. Uh, to open the gym. So we, we know we built a gym to the community and then we started training kids for free. If anyone's training, you can't afford it, just come to the gym, like, you know, let your, uh, let your energy out loose here and then you're not running on the streets and causing havoc. So that's how the gym started, right? And then from there, our, our team got very strong in a couple of years and it was very hard to find, like, gag in these guys' fights. Uh, the other promoters, small, they wouldn't give us any fights, right? And they're like, all right, no problem. So I went back to the community. I'm like, guys, we got to start doing a show once, once a year. It was why I'm like, well, well our boys aren't getting fights. I'm like, all right, and then we started Mama Fight Night. So from once a year, so we got all the all, all the businesses together. We and we just and then that took off, and now we're sitting on Langley Event Center. What went into uh, organizing this event? So what were some of the challenges you faced during the planning process? Obviously, this was what probably the biggest event for you to date at the Langley Event Center. So what were some challenges in getting this particular venue? Not, not even this venue, uh, all around BC. So MMA was banned in majority of all cities. Uh, only a few cities allowed, allowed MMA, like Vancouver, um, after the BC Athletic Commission came in, and then Abbotsford was banned, Surrey was banned, right? Burnaby was banned, right? All these cities that we unbanned it. Um, so even Surrey, last show, they, they banned us again, the MMA. So we had to go fight with the city, city and they passed it by, uh, the city council passed it five to three vote. 
right, in favor of us. So now we have now, now unbanned in Surrey. Abbas heard same thing. Bruce, uh, they had had us banned, but our mayor Bruce Bandman, who's an MLA now, uh, he went to bat for us, and 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 he, went, and he goes, no, this is a proper sport, this is proper regulated. Come watch. So he got it unbanded for us over here. So, but we we were fighting for now in Langley, um, uh, been fighting for five years. Right, and then we showed her a track record. I mean, this is not a uh, pick up and to get a, get a showdown, get out of here. I'm like, this has been we're doing this in 2014, and we have a track record how how our our show our show goes and who comes, who doesn't come. That's on my social media, Instagram, or I always post uh, all the table sponsors, who's coming, which businesses are coming. So it legitimizes the sport, and it shows the people that are a little bit wary of the fight game that hey, this is a proper sport, so it's regulated, and uh, a lot of a top notch, top tier. Um, uh, sponsors and people come to these type of events. Uh, and now, but now, now this is just organization is very difficult. Remember, just because it's a commission, you know, you have you have to have your doctors ready. You, you know, you have to work with the city. You have to make municipality. You have to make get your uh, uh, security plans done. And you have your food coming in. You work on that. You got to get your flights, your hotels, the promotion. Uh, make sure all the fighters are the bud work. The matches are proper. So there's a lot, a lot of work. Uh, but um, we can do it. What do you hope the audience that attends takes away from this event? That they want to come back every year. And and that's why every year has been the same way. Always they want to come back every year, every year. That's sort of growing every year uh, with our with our uh, audience. So yeah, have, come here, have fun. Remember, our fight night is a is a, is a family friendly fight night. So all kids, all ages, you know, ladies, uh, you bring your girlfriends, boyfriends. You know, you'll, you'll see like older older uncles in the crowd too, hanging out, having a couple of beers, watching fights. Our father father in law comes. So like a lot of our family members comes. My sister, their kids come too. So yeah, the people come here, they watch it, they just. Leave with a positive uh, opinion, and uh, and we'll come back the year after, and also so, sporting, and, and also sporting, sporting all the uh, athletes that are competing that day. That's what we want. So, my final question for you is: Are there any future plans or goals you have as a promoter that you want to share with the MMA community, especially the Punjabi community? Yeah, I just want to make sure that you know, uh, bring your kids out and any sports. Uh, long long as kids are playing sports, we're happy. Right, and you bring and you bring the come with your family, come with your kids, bring them to the fight night, come watch, spend a good positive day, a positive night with your family, and have a good time. Okay, Gil Sabo David, to see, first I zikr kita chitali saal di umar. You're 44 years old. You look great. What do you do to keep in Thank shape? You. What are some tricks? Eat roti and dope eggs. Best. <laughs> okay, how, how, how about guys like me that can't have a couple of pigs, uh, or how about somebody yeah. who's uh, glu- no, no, who no. can't have gluten? How about that? No, no. So yeah, so every every day, just as long as you work out every day, that's best. You know, get in the morning, work out. So the days I'm not working, so like tomorrow morning, I'll be up at seven in the morning and I'll go train. Uh even even 20 minutes, even 30 minutes. That's that's the best. And eating eating non non-processed foods, keeping clean, like less like of course, sometimes you don't have McDonald's or Wendy's, something here or there. But if you just eat non-processed food and work out at least half hour a day, that that's the fountain of youth. Okay. Do you work out fasted or do you do you eat before? No, I I, work, I always work out fasted, right? I don't I don't like a heavy stomach, so yeah. So then I'll eat. I'll then I'll but like before when I was fighting, I I would work out fasted. I wouldn't eat for like four hours, right? And then and then I would eat like in a, a window of like six hours. And then I want to come back home, have protein shake, and I want to eat it all until the next morning. But now as I'm not training or fighting or not doing any bodybuilding bodybuilding competitions, I just wake up, brush my teeth, and go hit the gym right away with a liter of water. And just to sweat it out, and then I start my day. Nice. So, what what's the most weight you've ever had to cut for a fight? Yeah, if, uh, I I used to fight like 154 pounds, 
Um, so like at, at, at later on in my career, I was at 183. So I should come from 183 to about 172, 170. And I was probably down to like maybe 4% body fat. And from there, I couldn't cut them more. So from there, I cut my water weight about, I don't know, about probably 16 pounds of water in about 24 hours. So what, what do you miss about fighting the most? The fighting, the adrenaline rush, the the competition, um, and just the stories, the traveling, uh, meeting new people. Um, yeah, that's about it. So basically, just just miss the competition. Competing is good. And you had goals you fought, right? Trained, persevere. You had a lot of ups and downs. Some days you weren't doing too good. So you were down all the time. Some days a great day. You were up. It was, a lot of, it was emotional and roller coaster. Uh, but then all, all the fight was done. We were like good, shook hands, and it was great. What's one thing you wish you could have accomplished in your career that didn't happen? Uh, what, I wish I accomplished everything because I had the opportunity to do everything. Um, if 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 the Ultimate Fighter show had let me go home and not just stay there for two months, I probably would have done that. But being stuck in a house on video over two months with all all crazies, it probably would not have turned out well for them. Yeah, because I've been there because I was in the army for a bit in Canadian Armed Forces. And I was stuck in Shiloh uh, in the Winnipeg, calling Brandon, a city called Shiloh. So I was stuck there for three and a half months in barracks. And it was, let's just say, it was, it was, it was quite interesting. I'm happy there were no cameras there. Piltar, why don't you uh, talk about some of the success stories about guys or girls that have gone through your academy? Uh, you don't have to mention names, but just some of these stories about somebody maybe coming off the street or getting away from the gang life. Yeah, so the gang life, there's a lot of small well, these kids are good kids. There's, there's any direction. So we had a particular kid, he was involved in uh, dime bagging, uh, selling uh, sort of like marijuana and a little bit of uh, uh, Schedule A offense drugs. And uh, uh, the fighting uh, really, really helped him. Uh, training every day, he channeled all his energy to fighting and training. He didn't become a really big fighter. But he did. He did have like five zero win, uh, win streak, and now and now he's a he's a general practitioner. He's a, he's a doctor now, wow. so which is one, one thing that's great. Uh the the other other guys have become like officers. They become like a few guys become became like even nurses. Uh, some guys uh like a correctional officer. Some of them open up their businesses. Some are now realtors now. Right. And then now even to this day, even like a lot of that's why Mama Fight Night sells out all the time like the VIPs because we help so many people in the community and people know this. It's not like we started helping people a year ago. I've been helping people since I was 12 years old. So, like, because we didn't have any money. Majority of Punjabi people about three decades ago didn't really have much money. Uh, so, I, I, we, we, I couldn't really afford $35 a month membership at the song Let's Sing Tong's gym, a kickboxing gym. So, I should teach classes for him. So, another kid will come. He, he didn't have money either. So, I'm like, okay, I'll teach another class. So, sometimes I was teaching four or five classes a day just so people could train, right? And that was not that wasn't really expect accepting any expecting anything from them, but now those guys I used to help as a kid because it's just my nature. And now their business or their trucking. So now sometimes you'll see there'll be a couple of tables empty at the fight night, but those tables are bought. They just don't have time to come, but they still support us. So yeah, so that's yeah. So even right now, even like even now, if kids come to a gym and he goes, oh, I don't have much money, so we figure out a way how to help them out. And there's this there's this few things I ask them. I mean, make sure your your attendance is good at school. I don't really care about your grades because not everybody's A plus school, uh, A plus student. So your attendance is good. You listen to your parents who will help you train you. And because everybody needs a little bit of help sometimes. A little bit of help goes a long, long way. For sure. So speaking of parents, uh, why do you tell the parent to like let's say a kid wants to join up and they want to, you know, get trained by a mom bot and uh they want to go to MMA, but the parents are like, nay, nay. 
ਇਥੇ ਸੱਟ ਲੱਗ ਜੂ ਪੋਤ ਆ ਨਹੀਂ ਕਰਨਾ ਤੈਨੂੰ ਸਾਕਰ ਚ ਪਾ ਦਿੰਨੇ ਆ ਵਾਟ ਐਵਰ ਅਦਰ ਸਪੋਰਟ ਬਟ ਦੇ ਰੀਲੀ ਵਾਂਟ ਟੂ ਬੀ ਇਨ ਐਮਐਮਏ ਵਾਟ ਡੂ ਯੂ ਟੈਲ ਦੋਸ ਪੇਰੈਂਟਸ ਵਾਟ ਆਲ ਦ ਪੇਰੈਂਟਸ ਥਿਸ ਇਸ ਥਿਸ ਇਸ ਵਾਟ ਦ ਕਿਡ ਵਾਂਟਸ ਰਾਈਟ ਯਾ ਲੈਟ ਹਮ ਹੈਵ ਇਟ ਇਫ ਯੂ ਇਫ ਯੂ ਡੋਨਟ ਇਫ ਯੂ ਇਫ ਯੂ ਕੀਪ ਕਿਡਸ ਔਨ ਲੀਸ਼ ਔਨ ਡੇ ਦੇ ਇਸ ਗੋਨ ਟੂ ਰੈਬਲ ਔਨ ਯੂ and then they're going to have the gang life and start, then then they're resenting you when you're 20 25 or mom you just let me do, do this your dad you know let me do that so they are resenting you so if the kid wants to do it let him do it let him figure it out himself so if he yeah. likes it it's good if he doesn't like it it's all good at least you give him the give him the uh, door open the door of, for him to do whatever he wants so that's what i tell them so then, then they understand i'm like look this is there's a proper show it's a proper sorry it's a pro- proper uh, sport right you have referees there you have judges there you have doctors there and uh, so it's, it's highly regulated as well and you know a child cannot fight mma until he's 19 as per legislation the bc athletic commission uh, a, a, a person cannot fight kickboxing a real fight under the bc athletic commission unless he if he's under the age of 18 so everything is done properly so we show them once they come once or twice and they see the kids are trained well uh, then they usually let them go okay anyone listening who wants to join up how can they reach you Yeah, I can just go to our uh, website, uh, www.mombaymma.com or just give me a call myself. Like, my cell number is 778-552-4411. Like 778-552-4411. And just, I'll pick up the phone and we uh, let's start your journey to see where, where it leads to. And this guy picks up the phone, I'm telling you. When I call, he picks up. He's <laughs> yeah, not one of those like, guys that goes straight to the voicemail. No, no. I pick up call back. If somebody makes a valid uh, reason to call you, pick up the guy's phone. Like, whatever. Right? It's not like we're still superstars. They're not going to pick up anybody's phone. I pick up everybody's phone and and it's good. And, uh, and then people respect you for that. Yeah. And uh, you are well-respected and uh, you're a very outgoing guy and always showed us love. And, and I appreciate that. Anything you want to say before we go? You got the fight. Big card set up. Langley Event Center on the 29th, September on Friday. Yeah, it'll be a great show, guys. Just come. Come support if you can make it. Thank you. If you can't make it, it's all support. Give us a bunch of likes and... Uh, Keep everything positive. Awesome. Thanks for doing this, Coltar. We'll uh, speak to you soon, brother. We'll see you on the 29th. All right, guys. Thank you. Now back all to right, work. Thank I'm you. Gonna start, uh, I'm going to start uh, getting uh, flights booked for all those guys that are coming out of town. So I'll work on that now. Thank you, brother. Talk okay, to you thank soon. Thank you. Thanks, brother. That was a good chat that we had with uh, Coltar. Saying Mamba Gil, the Black Mamba, they call him, a legend in MMA, especially amongst the... Uh, the punjabis because there there wasn't too many back then uh he said it earlier that uh jazz dillon was uh, uh his inspiration and that's how he got in and he's uh kultar's got a big uh a big uh following and he's he's helped out a lot of kids so he's doing great stuff and we hope you guys all go check out uh the fight night which is the 29th september on friday so are you going to go check it out or what jagraj Uh I wish I could honestly like this is this is something that's really big um it's big for the Punjabi community big for the MMA community as well obviously we had the UFC UFC 289 back at Rogers Arena on June 10th and that was huge for the Vancouver community sangata puriyan par par ke pahunchiyan si I wish I could be able to go but unfortunately I will be doing a play by play for junior hockey in Delta that day that was where I was at this past weekend as well I work for a media company doing freelance work with them called For Vengeance Media and we do commentary for a league called the Junior Prospects Hockey League which is in its second year 
uh, they're calling this year the sequel. And I have nothing but good to say about the way that I've been treated by the league. Everyone in that league is so nice from the players to the coaches. I get to work with uh, the media operations manager over at Four Vengeance Media, Mr. Dean Millard, who I'm hoping to have on our show um, in the near future. So everyone listening, stay tuned for that. But yeah, I get to do play-by-play, which is my passion. I'm an up-and-coming journalist, right? So I'm hoping that by doing this, I can make a name for myself. But yeah, that'll be the reason why I can't go check out the MMA event. But I'll be—I'll definitely be sure to watch highlights of it on social media. Okay, that's that's awesome, man. I'm glad you're doing that. Play-by-play, the Saturday nature, yeah. I'm going to go oh. check it out. You better send me some links. I want to see your stuff. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, play by play. It's 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 awesome. It's a different beast. It's uh different from doing color. Uh, I definitely like both. Uh, for those who don't know, I I had a chance to call uh you know the first ever pro football game earlier this summer. They did the color, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully, uh, Lions will do something. But you know, it, it it's it's just fun calling a game in any language. And and different sports as well. Football is a little bit different in pace, but uh, how was your experience uh, doing your first game? Yeah, so I had been uh, actually approached by this opportun- opportunity through school. I go to BCIT for all those who don't know. I'm in my second year of the broadcast and journalism program. And uh, our program instructor, they approached us saying all up and coming play-by-play broadcasters, the JPHL has an opening. Keep in mind, though, that this was when the JPHL was still starting up. So they were looking for anyone they could get. And um yeah, I was approached by these guys and I did my first game, I believe, on the weekend of September 29th. So it's it's kind of ironic that uh, the MMA event is going to be happening then. And um, through that, I was able to get my first couple games down. I'm not going to lie to you. It was rough at first. Um, I was kind of struggling to keep up with the pace per se, um, even though I've been a hockey fan for as long as I remember. But slowly I got used to it. I got used to my terms as well in commentary as well. Obviously, hockey has different terms. So as I kept on getting used to it, I became better and better. And I think that this past weekend, it was my first weekend of the season. um, You could definitely see that improvement from last year. Right on. Good for you uh yeah i definitely want to check uh check one of these games out uh yeah we'll uh we'll keep everyone updated on what's going on in our lives and in the upcoming episodes as well uh hockey's around the corner so jagraj will be seeing a lot more of each other i know i got gopi i got Indeep, and i got amnit i got all these guys and gals waiting to come on so we gotta just set some time and book them amrit said sometime in october you said sometime next week Gopi says I asked him too late. Uh, Deep, I, <laughs> I gave him a message today, but he hasn't gone back, but I know he will. Other than that, uh, my last week was kind of busy. Uh, I had my cousin's uh, memorial tournament that we do for ball hockey. Uh, my mama, son, Raji, uh, passed away tragically five years ago in a car accident. We do a memorial tournament for him. So we had a good time there. We had about 17 teams. We put it together in about two and a half weeks. We hadn't done it for two years because of covid and whatnot so we're back up and running so we'll be doing that every uh labor day weekend or the weekend after this weekend was after labor day but it worked out well uh this past week well that very sunday the day of the tournament the last day we found out some terrible news uh a real good dear friend family friend uh called kayla she's her sister she passed away 
with a with a long battle of um, brain cancer. Uh, so God rest her soul. She was a lot of help to me, um, you know, getting into media, uh, even starting this podcast. She did some of the voiceovers and stuff. She helped us get a sponsor as well. So, um, you know, just my condolences and my love goes out to their family. And uh, we're going to just end our podcast episode with an advertisement that she did for us. So rest in peace, Kaldit. If you like a hot workout, you're going to love Infer Trainer. Right now, if you mention this podcast, you get 50% off. Keep listening for your chance to win free sessions. Infer Trainer Canada is located in Olympic Village and is the safest workout in the city.